Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. Okay, I have a question that was sent in by a woman named Isabel and I asked her uh, if I could read it in the vlog and she said yes and she said I could use her first name, so here we go. Dear Susan, I'm writing to you because I have a question about Brightline eating participants with a history of binge eating disorder or yo-yo dieting. My question is this. Is it possible that people with a history of calorie restriction followed by binging or even yo-yo dieting have created permanent neuropathways in the brain and that due to this, the binges have become an adaptive response? When I watched your last vlog about a pickle always being a pickle, a huge light came on as I realized that maybe, just maybe, people with past eating disorders have unwillingly created neuropathways that go right back into function the very minute that the body experiences food restriction. I, like many Brightline Eating Boot Campers, have a history of restricting calories, then binging and gaining all of the weight right back and then some. Due to this repetitive behavior over and over in the last 30 years, when I restrict my calories, like being on the weight loss food plan, I immediately feel an uncontrollable urge to binge and it physiologically feels as if it's life-threatening if I don't provide more calories to my body. Maybe the hypothalamus or chief subcortical center feels threatened and sends the urgent message to eat. Could it be that food restriction is the cue, like the bell, and the uncontrollable urge to binge is the physiological response, like salivation? If this theory stands, maybe Brightline Eating participants like myself need to begin their journey on the maintenance plan in order to el and, and immediately eliminate sugar and flour, and then after a certain period of time, one could eliminate one item off the maintenance food plan every month to create a slow but gradual weight loss to avoid activating the old neural pathways which result in binge eating and falling off the Brightline Eating plan. Thank you for considering my question in your vlog as I profoundly feel it might help the participants like myself understand why they, are, why they are binging on the weight loss plan. I need to understand this in order to move forward on my Brightline Eating journey. Clarification, when I say that I binge, it's not on sugar and flour. It's on quantities. Just to make sure I'm clear, the urges to binge are not associated with the addictive pulls of sugar and flour, but are associated with providing more food to the body. Sincerely, Isabel. All right. That's an awesome question. Okay. I have a bunch of thoughts about that. Okay. So um, I think you're onto something, Isabel. I absolutely do. And, and I want to let you know that I have binge eating disorder. Like diagnosed from my early 20s. It was probably... I was I had it in my teens, but I got diagnosed at the age of like 23 or something like that. Um, and I have binged so hard that um, I've ruptured my stomach lining. I've binged so hard that the fluid swelled up in my knees and I couldn't get off the toilet. I've binged so hard that I gained 16 pounds in a week. Like I I like I have I have binging disorder as bad as anybody that I know. And I have experienced um, like calorie restriction is what you're talking about, not usually on the weight loss food plan, but, but what would be below the weight loss food plan, um, putting me into a binge cycle that's, that's worse than what it would be if I weren't trying to manage my food at all. I've definitely experienced that. And as the sort of head of Brightline Eating, I've also watched 
a slice, not, not the majority, but a slice of people who have a history with restricting or bulimia or binge eating disorder, um, going back to binging, um, even if they haven't binged in decades, um, after starting bright line eating. Now, um, I'm curious how many of them were restricting their calories below the weight loss food plan, because actually I tend not to see it with just the weight loss food plan, but I, but sometimes. So anyway, um, now you asked about whether calorie restriction could be like um, the bell and the binging could be like salivation. So sort of a cue response thing. That's classical conditioning. I think it's actually more operant conditioning that's in play here. So this is like reinforcement and punishment um, is operant conditioning. It's like, it's like pigeons or rats in a Skinner box, basically. So um, you provide some sort of stimulus and then there's some sort of trained up response. And based on, um, based on what happens in the world, um, those responses can be stronger and stronger and stronger, or they can get weaker and weaker and weaker. Reinforcement makes the response stronger. Punishment makes the response weaker. So what's actually happening here is a form of what's called negative reinforcement. Negative reinforcement is what leads us all to put our seatbelts on right away when we get into the car. Um, if we don't put the seatbelt on, this little sound goes ding, 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 and it's enough to make you want to kill yourself until you put your seatbelt on. So negative reinforcement is when the behavior makes the bad thing stop. Now, reinforcement always increases a response. So positive reinforcement is what we're used to. It's like praise or money or rewards or sticker charts, and it's like a good thing makes the behavior increase. Negative reinforcement, people always confuse it with punishment. It's not punishment. Negative reinforcement is when the behavior increases, not because we just got a good thing, but because a bad thing just went away. And in your case, what's happened is over a lifetime of restriction followed by overeating, your brain and body have set up a situation where there's some kind of discomfort or feeling of ugh that happens, hunger, um, dis-ease, itchiness that makes you feel like you want to binge and the binging takes away that bad feeling. And so the binging behavior is reinforced and it's going to increase in the future in a similar situation because that, that yucky feeling went away as soon as you binged, as soon as you got that full stomach and the body got that heavy, sated, satisfied, whew, like, whew, that'll do, like, yeah. As soon as that feeling came in, all of that, you know, um, hungry, itchy, disquieted feeling went away. That's negative reinforcement. So it's not exactly the same as Pavlov's dogs and classical conditioning. It's a little different. But I don't think it matters. I want to call your attention also, Isabel, to your, to your point about permanent neuropathways. And I do talk about a pickle always being a pickle. And yes, those neuropathways are permanent. However, that doesn't mean that you're doomed it means that you're gonna to need to get enough support to, um, to create other pathways that are the ones that get used. Now, the, the binging neuropathways will always be there lying in wait, but that doesn't mean that you ever have to binge again. It, it, you know, there is such a thing as a dry riverbed with no water in it forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, so just to be clear, you totally can get over this. Now, your proposed solution of um, going up to a maintenance food plan and then gradually 
cutting back. If you want to try that, I think that would be fine. Um, I want to propose a couple of alternative options as well. And you could try this in tandem with a maintenance plan and then cutting back idea, or you could, you know, do them on their own and see if you can kind of put it all together. The other, the other things that I want to propose are, first of all, are you getting enough support? Isabel, are you in the boot camp? Are you in a mastermind group? Are you committing your food every day to someone you feel really accountable to on the phone, live? Are you posting in the Brightline Eating online support community every day? Are you writing down your food every night without fail and then the next day eating only and exactly that? Because, you know, to be honest, what you're dealing with, I think you're thinking of it as a very, very special set aside kind of case. And I don't really see it that way. I see it as garden variety food addiction. And I know that binging is different. I get that. I mean, I, again, I come from that background. But all of these extensions are really like, it's food addiction is what it is. And if you don't treat food addiction with a potent enough solution, then it doesn't work. What you're trying to do won't work and it'll come out sideways. In your case, it comes out in binging because that's, you know, the fiber tracks that you've got laid in your brain. It's not honestly that different than somebody eating way off their food plan in other ways or deciding that they're not going to starve themselves for a couple days or, you know, sticking their head in the toilet and throwing it all up. Like, I get at the deepest level, I get that everyone with these different varieties of food addiction feel like they've got a different condition and that they're, it's separate and it's different. I personally don't think of it as being different. And I've, I mean, at my peak, I was throwing up 10, 20 times a day for months. Like, I get it. But the solution is more support. The solution is a stronger program. The solution is you know, if your disease is this strong, then your program needs to be this strong. Like that's the solution. So the fact that you're binging all the time means that you've got a disease that's this strong. I feel ya. I'm with ya. I always say having a brain like mine is like having a special needs child. Okay, so your child is blind and deaf and has autism, right? Okay, so you have like a, a, a an issue like this and you need more support. Like you need, and you haven't been getting enough support. Like by definition, if you'd been getting enough support, it would have been working. So Isabel, that's the first thing I want to propose to you is, are you working a strong enough program? The second thing I want to propose is that um, the issue is that your brain is fighting you, right? You feel it. You, you know that that's your issue. Your brain is fighting you. And if you've been following along on the weekly vlogs, some time ago recently, I put out a vlog on simple food. And I talked about how the blandness of our food correlates with the brain allowing the adiposity set point to be lowered, right? And for it to stop fighting you. So I want you to take a look at the foods that you're eating. And I want you to eat more simply, more repetitively, with fewer spices, fewer condiments, fewer mixtures, fewer concoctions, fewer varieties. I want you to eat plain, simple food. And ideally the same thing, kind of day after day, and nothing added to it, no condiments, no spices. So that is gonna help your brain get back on board. Okay, because ultimately, if you've got weight to lose, you want it off and, and health would dictate that you want it off. You just have to be doing it in a way that your brain is allowing your body, sat, body fat set point to be lowered. Okay, 
Now, if you want to do those two things, get more support, work a ninja program, and make sure you're eating very, very simple food with nothing added and no concoctions and just one thing. If you're going to, as I always say, if you're going to steam your green beans, steam your green beans. If you want to go ahead and do that and start with a maintenance food plan until you're stabilized and you haven't binged in a long time and then gradually cut out, you know, you could cut, I would say cut dinner first back to the weight loss food plan, then cut lunch and then finally cut breakfast. If you want to do that, because, you know, if your goal is to never, ever, ever binge again and you want to do, you know, be ginger with your brain um, and delicate with your brain, go ahead and do that. I think that's a great idea. But um, I've seen too many people with a brain like yours, with a brain like mine, be successful doing it all at once to think that that's the real issue. What I think the real issue is, is that you haven't been working a strong enough program and you've probably been keeping your food a little too spiced and sexy. And so your brain is fighting you. Those are my hunches. Um, but it's a great question, Isabel, and I just want to say from the depth of my being, from one ridiculous 10 plus plus on the susceptibility scale to another, I'm just so sorry that you're fighting with this. Like, it, not, not that you're fighting with this, that, that you have a brain that's fighting with you like this, is what I mean. Like, it sucks. Like, it's awful. And I have that kind of brain. And... I deal with it on a daily basis. It's a lot to like have a program that's strong enough so that you don't get thrown into that loop again. And I know what it's like to get thrown into that loop. I really do. You know, I talk about it here often. You know, I'm not immune to that. So um, I don't think that there's anything I did in particular um, other than being, you know, a semi-vain woman living in a society that tells me I need to look a certain way and surrounded by foods that taste a certain way and having a brain that responds to that food reward in the way that my brain does, you put all those elements together and you get an eater like I am. Like, it, it kind of isn't my fault, right? And I don't think it's your fault either, Isabel. And I just want you to know I love you. You're in the right place. And I just want to encourage you to, like, fight back, girlfriend. You got this. You got this. But it means you're going to need to up your game. All right, you've been, your game's been here. Your disease is here, it's not going anywhere. Your game's been here. I want you to put it here, okay? And that's what it's gonna take. Thanks for writing in, my dear. All right, everyone, that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.